Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a five-star review. I'm Cherson Soussel here with Johnny Venerable. And Saul Bookman and Frank Sanders are joining us from the DNVR headquarters out in Denver. How is everyone doing? Fantastic. I love it. This is uh, a new experience for me. I love that, you know, we get a chance to kind of see where, you know, the mothership is at (laughs) right here in Denver. And uh, when you come and come check it out, it's pretty awesome. The bar is fabulous. But uh, right now it's cold and it's got a it's got a ton of snow on the ground, which I'm not used to. Frank Sanders doesn't do the cold. No, no, not at all. Not at all. I can't bring my golf clubs. Why am I going there? <laughs> Touche. Uh, well, we went from at the start of the week and last week kind of thinking that it was an unlikely possibility that Vance Joseph was going to get the head coaching job in Miami. Then that switched to thinking, wow, there's there's a really good chance that he's actually going to get this job. And in my hopes, we're up that that would be the case. Now, yep. according to Ian Rappaport, Vance Joseph is no longer in the running for the Dolphins head coaching job and is going to remain the Cardinals defensive coordinator. So we have any reactions? I'm a little bummed myself. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm especially right. bummed uh, because all week I was on the DraftKings Sportsbook app consistently refreshing, watching the odds go up that Vance was going to be the next head coach of the Miami Dolphins. And now you especially you hear that Brian Dable is all but a done deal as the next head coach of the New York Giants. It really just feels like, I don't know if like fan pushback is a real thing on, on Twitter and they take the pulse of that, but like he went from very seriously being considered to not getting a second interview, which is just a stark, drastic turn of events. And, you know, as it relates to the Cardinals, I think it's it's something that's worth watching here over the next seven to ten days. Do they make a change with he or members of his staff? Because I think Michael Bidwell was consciously waiting to see what happened in the phase of his progression to become the next Dolphins head coach. Well, I'll, I'll say this right now. Fan pushback is definitely a real thing. And and let's let's talk about the reality of the situation. You just went from one defensive head coach in Brian Flores to possibly now another one in Vance Joseph. And Vance Joseph, for, for all things that were great about Vance Joseph at the beginning of the season, the equally equally could be as said in the opposite direction um, at, in terms of the end of the season. And the, the, the major thing is two things for the Dolphins. Is he going to improve your defense? Is he going to make Tua a better quarterback? And I, and I don't think you can absolutely say without a doubt that either one of those would happen, especially when you see how the Cardinals finished and the player development. Like, we got to talk about that. You just had two first-round linebackers taken in the draft, and you didn't do shit with them. Like, it's, it's got to be better than the plan that you had. And so that, that, that's the reason why I think the Dolphins, maybe they, they really liked him on paper. Maybe they liked his interview. But once they floated that name out there and fans were like, what? Cancel it. <laughs> I think we talk about head coaches as, it's, as if it's like an easy thing to do. Cliff is the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Two different jobs, two different positions. But being an offensive coordinator or a defensive coordinator, you're really only dealing with like 26, 23 guys. A head coach has to deal with 53 guys, a roster, making sure he has projection and and with the ability, as you said, developing players and putting them in a position that if we're not 100% successful, 
to to match our goals, at least you know for a fact we're competitive and we're growing in the direction we want to go to. And sometimes you have to find the guy that resonates that way where he can speak to not just the offensive guys, but the defensive guys as well and special teams. And sometimes, I guess sometimes in those private interviews, those things are exposed that this guy is very good with a defensive group, but not an offensive group or a whole team's group. And I think some of, some of these guys are getting exposed for that. Vince Joseph strikes me as the type of guy that was like, yeah, I got a 15-part plan, and then gave him like part 1A <laughs> of said plan. And if you want the rest, you got to hire me as the head coach. And they were like, nah, I'm good. If you want that sweet, sweet <laughs> formula to give up 30-plus points over your final six games, I'm your guy. Especially, especially as you go up against Bill Belichick and Josh Allen twice a year. <laughs> Well, I'm just bummed because I felt like the Cardinals really could benefit from having a a fresh uh, defensive coordinator in. And obviously, we've been talking at nauseam about the fact that he has not shown that he can develop young talent, a la the the linebacker situation. But I just felt like if you're not going to make a head coaching change, if if you're not going to make like a big time change, like defensive coordinator was one thing that sort of excited me to make a change at. And yeah. I'm not saying that Vance Joseph has done a poor job, but it just seems like he almost like reached his ceiling here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But the way that we saw the, the, the downhill trend um, and the, you know, the, the, just the lack of just, there were so many question marks towards the end uh, added with the lack of development. I just felt like, you know what, I think this might be a good time to change uh, to make a change. And and then, of course, there was the added bonus of, you know, getting another third compensatory third-round draft pick. But uh, is it too late? Is it too late to part ways with him? I, f- I feel like uh, it kind of is. I, I, I don't know. You know, J- Jalen Blair in the chat says, VJ is a good DC when the defense was healthy and we had a top we had a top, top five defense, which was true. It's not VJ's fault that J.J. Watt got hurt and Jordan Phillips could never stay healthy. He didn't put together that thin secondary either. I get all those points, and I, and I think there is something to be said about that. Like, we can't just completely throw him under the, bun, uh, the bus in terms of how the, the team ended in, in saying that it's only his fault, right? The right. offense played piss poor as well. That contributes to a lot of this. Chandler Jones was wildly in, uh, you know, ineffective in some games, and he was really good in others. Um, and that's these all work together, but... Good defensive coordinators will always find a way to at least minimize the damage. I couldn't think of the word. Minimize the damage, right? Um, and scheme-wise, you have to be able to adjust. And I think Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph suffer from a lack of creativity when it comes to adjusting to what defenses and offenses are doing to them. I think they both suffer from that same thing. I think they come into the game plan with like, oh, we have a lot of creative ideas. But once those get thwarted, then what do you do? Then what do you do? And I don't feel like they have really solid adjustments in how to deal with those adjustments. Okay, I have a question. I have a question. Are we putting an unfair amount on Vance for not developing certain guys, should it be, and maybe Frank, you can attest to this, was your wide receivers coach or your offensive coordinator, which one played a bigger role in your development? So, like, should we be leaning in a little bit more on linebackers coach, position coaches for development, or is it all on the coordinator? I would say there's a... I would say it's 80-20 and more so position coach-wise because he's dealing with me and he's working with me through agility drills, skill, skillful stuff, and he has the ability to watch me 
um, when it becomes when we're watching film on what things that I specifically need to work on. Overall, when I say the 20 part is the defensive coordinator has to see if I have limitations or what I'm really good at, my strengths are, he has to make sure that he puts me in my best position. And sometimes I think that is that's the part where your DC has to be able to 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 communicate with his coaches and then they have to be able to tell him, hey man, look, that defense does not work with this guy. He's better at zone than he is at man. The defensive line, he's good on the right, he's better on the left. And I think so to your question, I would say we still got to go back to yeah, the defense. Your your position coach has to be able to speak on your behalf what what you're good and what you're not. And sometimes your defense coordinator has to work with that in order to put you got put us in the best position so we can be successful in the overall scheme of things. I just I just go back to the fact that the eighth overall pick is is close to supreme value in the NFL that that you can get. Think about elite players that are traded for a first-round pick, a second-round pick. The Cardinals have used two consecutive top 16 picks on players that do not play, especially as it relates to Xavier Collins. You can't be giving up 30-plus points per game to end the season, and then we also not be able to say, well, I can see the big picture because Xavier's taking his lumps and Isaiah's coming into his own 32 games in his career we have more questions than answers yeah. as it relates to both of those players. And he is in charge of that unit. I, I just, I, that's a non-starter for me. You, you have yeah. lost me completely. Again, what Frank just said, I think it, it basically encaps, encapsulates this. You have to find a way to use your players' strengths to the best of their ability. Like every coach knows that. Look at the Patriots, for example. They have a roster full of scrubs, in my opinion. But Bill Belichick, being the genius that he is, has implored his his guys to be able to manipulate the the, the coverages, um, the schemes that they use to enhance the player's ability to be effective in a game. And that's where Vance Joseph lacks the most. Okay, so Zayvon Collins can't cover, uh, you know, his own shadow. Cool. But what he does love to do is he likes to try and hit people as hard as he can in the hole. So when you know it's a rundown, third and one, why the hell isn't he playing? Why isn't he in there? Okay, so they play action pass, but at least you're giving this guy an opportunity to get some reps and be able to do some damage out there on the field. But you didn't do that. You just opted to bring in Joe Walker off the sideline and bench your first-round draft pick because you think that that's the best thing overall for the team in the long run. No, not even close. So that's well, that. That's definitely what it is. It is because I think you go. You bring up a great point. It's like I, I I'm sure Joe Walker, having have years spent in the NFL, and Tanner Vallejo, who's been in the system for I think two or three seasons, is going to pick it up quicker than somebody who is in their rookie season. But your job is not to say it's short sighted. Hey, it's short sighted. Right, hey, streets. Hey, street free agent practice squad guy that kills it in the film room, that is so limited defensively, it's a liability and costs us games, we're going to put you in in critical situations against the Colts for you to give up huge plays to the tight end. Your job, Vance Joseph, is to say, I get the Buckets Award winner at linebacker in consecutive drafts, and guys who are supremely thought of and gifted and have all the physical traits you want, my job is to mold you and and to get you to become a, a consistent pro bowler. Like they did with with Buda Baker, you know, and, and you can make an extent like like Cliff has done with Kyler. That's Vance Joseph's job on top of having a defense that, you know, finishes within the top 10. 
What he's done is not sustainable. I think that he, to your point, Cheerson, we have reached the, the the plateau. Like it will not get better than it did this season because of the fact that he just has a stigma against playing these young linebackers. I still think, and to Saul, <laughs> to your point of anybody who ever wants to compare any coach ever to Bill Belichick, you're gonna, it's gonna almost be like apples to oranges because he's in a league of his own. And, uh, you know, that's always been the story of, of his career is he's been able to plug guys in, but like, I would say, I would say the same thing about Kansas city then too, because Kansas city was atrocious on defense in the first half of the season, but they adjusted to their own personnel and they, and they manipulated their schemes and now they can hold their own on defense and compete. And now they might be on the verge of winning another Super Bowl. So you definitely have a point, but I do feel like maybe there should be, and like if we're going to still have Vance Joseph at minimum, which is the point that I was making, let's take a look at maybe Billy Davis and who's coaching up certain positions. Like let's take a look at position coaches then and see if we need to make a change here. Because I would say it would be, it's difficult. Like it's part of your job, but it's difficult for you to take all the blame when you're like, Dude, why is this kid not developing? He's got the talent. I want to play him now. I'm not dismissing all the great points that you guys made. Like Vance has not been putting his players in the best positions to succeed. And you certainly would want to put a first round rookie in over some of the guys that he's put in. So like, I'm not like for sure. I agree with you guys, but uh, we maybe should take a look at upgrading who's coaching some of the the position groups here. Frank, let me ask you. Let me add just real quick in this here, because we, we do this as if it's just a, it's an automatic. First round draft picks are not automatic. It, this is not like you just, because you got drafted in the first round pick, you're ready to come and I've play and be that, that dog. Or, or even in development. Okay. And, but let me just okay. share real quick, guys. Somebody on the other side is whooping your but and then because of that, you show up to be the guy that you really are. Like what you did at Tulsa is great, and what you might be able to do at another college was great. But what you come when, to, when you come to the NFL, I'm just saying this real talk. Like this is like there are many first round quarterbacks who were great in college, and they just were not good in the NFL. Right. But then don't but sell, why? Then don't sell me sunshine and rainbows and talking about I, he's going to replace only, Jordan Hicks at, I, at linebacker. I was and before, before, well, I, well, I know, but well, like he's, that's he's where Vance that's where, also. that that's where that's where it all started though. It's like we set these expectations unrealistically that's high, true. thinking true. that we can get rid of a you know an eight year veteran because he's apparently just a scrub all of a sudden. But Jordan Hicks ends up being the captain of the team, and you completely misfire and misread that entire thing, which makes you look like an asshole. And and Devon, you got to be better say, than that, Cardinals. Devon you just Drake do. Campbell goes to Green Bay and becomes a first-team All-Pro. That's also I mean, on Vance Joseph. Yes, Frank, let me ask yes. you this. Yo, I'm going to push back for a second. Push it back. Histor- historically, I think two positions, running back and inside linebacker, are easily translatable from college to pros. Would you, would you agree or disagree? All the rookie inside linebackers play. They may not be elite from day one. Roquan Smith, Luke Keekley, all uh, the the kid from uh, the kids in Baltimore, Patrick Queen, they all play their rookie seasons, better or worse. Why are the Cardinals going against that grain? Well, I'm all, so I agree with you when you said those rookies were able to play because they, in the system they were in, it fit them, and the coaches found ways to make these guys that fit their system. Now I'm just saying, but <laughs> when you come here, we're running a three-four system that has four-three four-three linebackers. <clears throat> That's yeah. different. And so then you have, to com- you have to convert these guys to something different. 
And if you're going to convert from a, a 3-4 to a 4-3, that's the stuff that's happening while we're maneuvering, you know, these guys around. I'm not saying that Zayvon Collins is not a good linebacker. He probably will be down the road. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying he will not be, but sometimes I'm just saying you guys got to think that these, some of these first rounds that come in here are not ready to play. They're not as good as you think they are. Trust me, we've drafted many first-round off- offensive linemen that played with me back in the days, and they were getting a tail kicked in, handed to them, handedly, and there was nothing they could do to protect Jake, <laughs> nothing. So trust me when we say not every first-round pick is ready. They're not just ready this year. And then sometimes I, wh- as a coach, I have to give you guys this little nugget. Saul, Chirsten, Johnny, y'all will not put me in a position if I could not articulate well enough to be on this show, but you would give me time to develop and do certain things, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, therefore, that's the same thing sometimes. You can't remove the confidence of a player on what he knows and then realize that, hey, this guy got got talent, but he might – if I keep putting him out there on the streets – if I keep putting him in front of his microphone yeah, yeah. and he starts to struggle and he hits these blank spots, we can't play him. And so, therefore, who is it on you? Who you brought me in? You brought me in. Yeah. So, is it on you, Saul? No. Yeah. I just got to give him Carlos, time to develop. Some of these guys just need time to develop also, to fit the system. That's also why Frank has missed a lot of shows lately because we've been you know, working, off the <laughs> working on so it. Carlos <laughs> working on me. <laughs> as a third-round pick out of Auburn, started almost every game as a rookie, was, was up and down, and then he became a Cardinal great. Daryl Washington – was up and down, but they gave him time on the field to grow and develop in his role. I think part of the reason why I'm especially frustrated is because the Cardinals feel like they have a sense of, well, we can't play rookies because we're a championship team and they will expose us and we can't live through their growing pains. But Saul, your point was, well, Kansas Kansas City screwed around and we're 500 through like the first six games while they got Nick Bolton and some of their young players acclimated, and they're going to go, and I believe, win another Super Bowl. The Cardinals, like, who who do the Cardinals think they are where they can't start the eighth pick in the draft and the 16th pick in the draft? Like, oh, my goodness, we can't get them exposed against, you know, Kyle Shannon or whoever in the first month, but God forbid – they're kicking ass at the end of the season if we just I let them grow in the role. I highly doubt that they're sitting there thinking that it's like, like that I, point of view, Johnny. I highly I, doubt I, it. I, this is what I would say, though, Cheerson. I would say this. Vance Joseph, again, he wants to be a head coach again someday, and right. he wants his defense to perform as great as possible uh, you know, throughout the season. If he thinks that bringing in Joe Campbell or Joe Walker will get him to the finish line just this season because he doesn't think he has to worry about next season because he wants to be a head coach. And if we get a first-round bye yeah. or if we win the NFC West and that's something I can put in my, you know, my cap, then maybe that's the reason, the motive. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying it's out there. Keenan says the rookies won't, pl- the rookie- the rookies won't learn if they don't play or get coached yeah. up. Bingo. Not true. Not true, Ken. I'm telling you without a doubt. Not true. Not not even true. The, one of the greatest quarterbacks ever put on a uniform, his name is Aaron Rodgers. How many years did he set the bench behind? I'll wait. How but many he years had did he Brett Favre and they were and, winning the But he sat the games. bench. Cardinals he sat, are Joe Walker. But he, he sat can't. the bench. Get, it's fine. And that's when, you, sometimes you need that time. I don't want to be – When they were, when they were guys a top time. five defense guys and leading time. the oh. NFC in scoring early in the season and were 7-0, and I didn't bitch about saving Collins. When they yes, were you did. Disaster. The whole time, because you want. You, yes, you, you did, did Johnny. Yeah, okay. The whole time. I Why wasn't he playing? about it like I did to end the season. <laughs> when they were a day, an unmitigated disaster to end the year, and he gets zero snaps in a game, that's malpractice, and Vance Joseph should be fired because of that. <laughs> the zero snaps, 
I I think we can all agree can't, zero can't. snaps should never have happened. No. Like, you got to play at least five, right? Like, give my guy a couple downs just to get – like, there's – and there's also – I will disagree with Frank. I know he played in the NFL, and so my perspective is wildly different than his. But, but I will say there's a difference between practice and the game. It's just a different feel. It's a different speed. It's a different vibe all the way together. And if you don't get reps in the game, you're never going to understand how fast-paced the NFL is going to be for you. And I think Zayvon Collins was a victim of that this year. I don't know why we don't have Frank on the show more often because Frank <laughs> echoes everything I've been saying for like That's why. weeks now. That's, That's why. why. That's why. That's, That's why. why. That's the reason. Why. Yeah. <laughs> you and I, <laughs> we're on the same page so it's much. It's the same thing on the Suns show this, yeah. when <laughs> Lindsay and Espo te- are like best buds, and I'm like, you two need to go somewhere else. Gross. Gross. <laughs> Jordan says Rogers sat the bench behind Favre and for a historic franchise. That is correct. Zavin sat behind a practice squad scrub who, who couldn't teach him squat. <laughs> You and guys got to keep saying he sat. He well. didn't sit unless he had to prove that he wasn't worthy to be there. It makes no sense for them to be saying, for us to be saying that. The defensive coordinator <clears throat> and no one reached the microphone. No veteran came to the microphone and said, we should be playing Xavier. No one defended that conversation. Not one player came and defended but, that statement but, that said he should be playing. And this is the reason why we're losing. Not one not one. But the reason why the, the reason that. why this is a, as big an issue with Zayvon Collins specifically is because we just saw a, the, a repeat performance from Isaiah Simmons the year before. I, mm-hmm. Look, I understand why, I, but we drafted a hybrid safety and tried to make him into a linebacker. You guys are still saying the same thing. Remember what we did with Hassan Reddick? We put him in the wrong position, and then when he finally became that, they put him in the right position. He was a beast. Can we put Isaiah Simmons as a safety, a strong safety? Well, Let him come down safety, at a 4-3? They don't need but see, a safety. That's the, that's the point we're saying, see? Why don't we even draft him then? This is going back. Let's forget Vance. Simmons what about was Steve their mulligan. Zayvon Collins Everything you said, was Chisholm, a three-down linebacker. I can't deal with these guys. <laughs> Y'all are saying the same thing. I'm saying this. We, you're looking at Vance, and Vance saying, this is the poop you gave me. I'm trying to turn it into fertilizer so we can grow. This is the poop you gave me, and I've been playing him in wrong positions. That's the only thing I can say. That's the only real thing that shows up because you're right. Why is the first round pick sitting behind a practice squad guy? I would, I'm, I'm the same. I'm with you guys. But there's something else that's going on behind the scenes that only proves that if I'm a coach, I'm really trying to lose. Am no. I really trying to lose? Am I really, I'm really not going to play the first round draft pick? I'm not, but no player defended. That's all I want to say. No player came out and defended. Mr. Collins, not one. But, if y'all can pull it up, just pull it up and no. say they came to the microphone and said, hey, Frank, you know what? The coach let's, is not. I'm just, but let's be real. Dan should be playing. We should be playing our, our, our first round draft. Let's pick. be real. In the history said, of the Cardinals franchise, nobody's ever really spoken out like that. Ever. Even when they knew it was wrong. Well, we need them boys back. We, <laughs> we, we need somebody in the locker room there. We need somebody that is spit fire because this is the reason why I'm saying, like, you guys, the passion y'all have, the players got that same in the locker yeah. room. I got it too, but I'm saying like there's a reason why he's not playing, and and it's and it is absolutely slapping the face to all the conversation that was about how great he was, and then in the back end of it, he didn't even get a chance to play. Like that tells you something, and that got that has to go back to the guy that really really argued for him in the on draft day to draft this guy. That yeah. goes back to Steve Kimes because you can if you give me poop, yes. I gotta turn it. In the, it's the only guy that goes back to. 
We forget, we soon forget, and I've made this point before, who was excited about drafting Zayvon Collins okay. when he was drafted? <laughs> Nobody was excited. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, wait. I did not said, even work for this Tulsa? company last April. None of you, you still was excited. <laughs> you were still excited. You were still excited. I was, I was, listen, if you go back and look at the mock drafts leading up to that draft, the board was picked clean by 16. They wanted Patrick Sertain. They wanted J.C. Horn. All the players that they wanted were gone. So if you look at the landscape of how that first round fell, he was amongst the best players left. I'm not saying that I, I loved the pick or didn't love the pick. I, I was hoping you know, for a trade down, a coup assets, get Najee Harris, somebody like that. What I will say is that they... At right now, that looks to be a historic top 10 to 12 group of players with Jamar Chase and those boys, Micah Parsons. The Cardinals were just in an unfortunate position where pick 16, and years will go by and we'll be able to assess it further. It left a lot to be desired. And they we knew still, that, the, that the, LA, the Las Vegas Raiders were going to take him right behind them. Everything you're saying, it still leads us to the point that we needed linebackers. Once you go out and get the D line that you wanted, you we still needed linebackers. Well, then why didn't he play? Was, we have was him. a good Let's pick. Play him. Well, maybe he don't have the talent that you think he has to be as a to be on the football field. I, that's just the locker room would speak if the guy was worth playing. I, I watched Zayvon Collins have his best game of the year at Dallas, and I asked Cliff Kingsbury and Vance Joseph about it, and they said he, he had his, his best game of the year, and then he did not play the rest of the season. That is unacceptable, and it coincides. Hey, they had one great defensive performance in six weeks, and he got, a, he got I think, 30 to 35 snaps, was fantastic against the run, had multiple stops on Zeke Elliott, and then they watched as they got run over by the Seahawks in, in week 18, and then whatever happened in L.A., like, to me, it just, I can't, I can't excuse it, and it can't get me excited about this guy returning next year as D.C., the mm, only mm. thing that I remember, oh, I'm going to make this point and then going to move on. Uh, I just remember working for 12 News at the time and doing draft coverage. And we had all these like melts of different players that, that were potential draft picks for Arizona to pick. And like when they when it came down, we were like, who the hell is this kid? Somebody get on the phone. Is there a station in Tulsa? How do we even get footage of this kid playing football? There's nothing online. Uh, ask somebody else who this kid is. We don't have any information on him. And the conversation was like, what the hell are you doing, Steve Kime? Is this, this is either going to uh, be a pick that bites you in the butt and you've been terrible at drafting first-round picks and it's just going to continue that narrative? Or you know something that the rest of the world doesn't and maybe this will work out. But everyone Every was take that. And then you get to week three of the season and everyone's like, ah, Vance Joseph can't develop shit. It's like, all right, like... Come on, remember, just remember where we started. Well, I mean, to be fair, Zayvon Collins was at the top of the Cardinals draft board, um, just like every pick on every board ever. Um, you know, so trust me, Tristan, when, when they drafted Zayvon Collins, I was like, who? Who? Who is this? I, I, I get you what you're saying. But then, again, the, the, the comedy of errors that soon followed after that was the overhyping of said prospect to the point where you're actually disrespecting a veteran on the team. Yeah, by the GM. And you're setting your what they what he did, and I will say this about Kime. He set Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury up for failure. 
because if Zayvon Collins isn't every part of an all pro basically to overcome Jordan Hicks in the lineup, then he's a bust. And right now we're looking at Zayvon Collins and we're like, well, you guys didn't develop him. It's your fault. So he's a bust because Steve Kime apparently believes that he's the second coming of Mike Singletary. Like that that's on Kime. Like he shouldn't have done that. Well, here I will also say this too. Like, as long as Jordan Hicks is on the roster, he will always play. No matter if he has diminishing skill sets or he had a bounce back year like he did. So people ask, like, okay, Jordan Hicks and Vance Joseph are under contract this year. I expect Jordan Hicks to play. I expect him to play over Zavian Collins, and I expect Isaiah Simmons to be a rotational player. Until it changes at either personnel or coordinator, expect the same. Do not listen to the jargon and the BS that the team site will feed you over the course of the next six months. We have 32 games or 34 games, wherever it is, of last year and the year before of exactly what Vance Joseph does as the defensive coordinator for this team. We have a very long offseason to let this all marinate. This is spicy. Uh, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Four teams remain in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams are left for all of you guys and all of us over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app to bet on. DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're counting down to Super Bowl 56, and new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. If you bet $5, you're going to get 280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championship with same-game parlays. We know this. You combine multiple bets from the same game, you're going to get a bigger payout. DraftKings is safe. It is secure. It is reliable. Best of all, with the app, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Using that promo code PHNX, you're going to get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet $5, win 280 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PHNX for 56 to 1 one odds at DraftKings Sportsbook app. As always, it's 21 and over, Arizona only. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Is it too late to go back and say, um, Johnny, do you have a DraftKings Sportsbook app pick of the week? Because I totally left that out of the read. That's all right, because I do have one. In fact, I'm going to double down on what I did today on PHNX Bets Daily. I'm going to take the under for the first half of uh, the LA Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers at 23. I think hammer the under. The Niners didn't score in the first half of that Week 18 matchup. Their defense, both defenses have been fantastic. Tampa didn't do anything in the first half last week against the Rams. Hammer the under, 23 is the under for the NFC title game. Shane and I, by the way, my PHNX Bets daily co-host, will be live at noon on Sunday, special edition of Bets, to be able to preview all of those lines and some of our favorite props for the Sunday championship game, um, and a game in, uh, multiple games in which I wish the Cardinals were playing, but that's sadly not the case. Sadly. Sadly. Well, sadly. Love- <laughs> Uh, Loved the conversation that we started with. Ate up a lot of time. So we're going to go to winners and losers, which is my, for whatever reason, like my favorite segment that we do. I (laughs) I just love winners and losers. So uh, you guys out in Denver, did you come up with a winner and a loser? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So my winner of the week is inevitably going to be 
Uh, well, I'm going to go the basketball route just because it was on the heels of the All-Star game yesterday. So Devin Booker is my winner of the week. Even though he didn't get selected as an All-Star starter, he will be nominated to the All-Star game. I just know it next week. He will be have his first pure vote in without having to wait for injury. And uh, I just feel like we're on the cusp of greatness with this young man. So uh, Devin Booker is my winner of the week. About time. Jeez. Yeah. Frank? Yeah, my winner is my winner this week. Yeah, I know. I was like, what are you looking at me for? It's your turn. <laughs> One last time. Give me some. <laughs> uh, my winner is, look, I am a stickler of history in some areas, but I, I have lost a lot with the Arizona Cardinals in my career in the in in NFL. Nine years, I've only had two winning seasons. And again, I, you guys have probably hammered this all week, but mine's got to be the Cincinnati Bengals fans, Ooh, man. I just yeah, just yeah. to just to historically put it in perspective, you are playing in a division, a championship you haven't done in for years, and I think that's just something pretty special right now. All the things that's coming out right now about Joe Burrows, the offense, the defense, but just the fans having a chance to stick it in the face of all those that are the NFC North. North, you can say screw you, Pittsburgh Steelers, to the Ravens, also to the Browns. The Bengals are back, and I think that's something that they can hold their chest up and be proud about because no matter what on Sundays, no matter what happened, this is a chain of events, a, a turn of a turn of the tides in the NFC North, excuse me, the AFC North when it comes to who's the big dog on the block right now. Espo said his loser of the week is uh, him um, because he has here. to share a room with you, Saul. Listen here, brother. <laughs> you don't want to open up that can of worms. I could promise you that because I will let it all out right now. He's got some don't things. Don't do it. Huh? He's got some things. Watch, watch your mouth. Watch, watch your, your mouth. mouth. Watch you your are mouth. blessed to be in the same room as me. I'll tell oh, you that no, much no, right no, now. No, 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 no. Put the toilet seat uh, down, son. <laughs> Shit. Uh, oh, Jesus. All right. My winner of the week. I'll, I'll keep it local for you, DMVR bros. I, I've, the Denver Broncos went against their their initial judgment of hiring Dan Quinn, which would have been an unmitigated disaster. Yet another defensive coach. They went with Nathaniel Hackett, which fuels fire as their pursuit of Aaron Rodgers, I would imagine, kicks up into the next four to six weeks. Congratulations, Denver Broncos, for joining the 21st century and hiring offensive coaches. <laughs> it is about time. I'm happy for for Zach and everybody that covers the team for DMVR because, goodness, if they would have hired a, yet another defensive coach in a division with motherfucking Patrick Mahomes and Justin <laughs> Herbert, I, I, I would have laughed in their faces, but congratulations <laughs> making the conscious decision there. Sorry. Oh I had goodness. to get that out. <laughs> Every now and then you got to draw an mf man. It's all good. <laughs> all right. Well, my winner of the week we're still on winners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah you. Okay. Oh, my goodness. I got a good my loser, winner, by the way. Let's go. My winner is Josh McCown, who started his career here in Arizona and played on seemingly every team in the NFL as a journeyman quarterback. He was on the Houston Texans roster in 2020, and now in 2022 is a finalist for their head coaching job. So, hey, props to you, Josh McCown, able to stay in the league for as long as he did – uh, as you know, as, as a successful backup quarterback, and then it, I don't know if there's like another example. Nothing comes to mind where within like a two-year span, a player goes from playing on a team to being their head coach. It's not a done deal, but the fact that he's even a finalist for that job is is impressive. It is impressive, and it's just 
kind of shocking because there's a lot of other coaches that I feel like deserve wow. a shot before somebody that, yeah, I'm uh, cool. He's your winner of the week. Uh, my loser of the week is, uh, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, but Brooks Kepka is absolutely has gone full Max Headroom and has bleached his hair blonde. What? Uh, if you haven't it's seen a good look. There, really? Yeah, Brooksy. Yeah, Brooksy definitely looks like the next uh, serial killer <laughs> on your next favorite movie. Um, he just is just is not a good look. It's just not a good look. Did he bleach so. his eyebrows too, or is it just his hair? I think it's just his hair. Yeah. I gotta I look think, this thing yeah, up. I've had frosted really? tips before. Yeah, it's, I've not it's gone. Awful. Why would he do that? I don't know. Blonde. It's like full blonde. Like there's not. It's not highlights. It's not frosted tips. Johnny, you would have frosted tips. I did that? multiple times. <laughs> Junior high, peak nineteen ninety nine, early two thousands. Oh yeah, hell yeah. We need that picture though. I think yeah, we, I my cousin got that picture. Kepka <laughs> yeah, said he, he did it because his barber had been wanting to do it for a while. So I told him fire to do your it. barber. Fire yeah. your That's, barber. That sounds like throwing your barber under the bus because yeah. because of the pushback you're getting. <clears throat> yep. I, I had a I had a great loser, but I just feel like I just gotta ride the opposite of Cheerson in this window. Like just the Houston, why would you like that oh, to be I'm a finalist? Like it was like a good. That's a good thing. I'm just saying. Well, shit, Josh McCall. Kudos to right. So kudos, like, kudos to him. But how can you like? How are you qualified to, right to now? the fans? That's to, what the, I'm to, the, to, to the assistant, no, I'm saying to the losers, to the fans, to fans you just lost, to every marketing agency that support the Houston, you just lost, and then also to everyone else that look, and to the coaches that get hired by him, you just lost because, like, really, there is. It's he probably soon. won't get the job, but, but he's a finalist. A finalist. He's but the a finalist. First finalist for the job. Yeah. I just, so I it's interesting. That. That's what I'm saying. Like I've never heard anything like this scenario. Wow. So like like they're obviously a dumpster fire over there in Houston, but the fact that he's, you know, able to get as far as he did, what? What happened? Uh, Ali is literally well, looking at the clip of Bruce right Kepka getting point. his hair dyed, <laughs> and she has put it on our screen, so we can't even see you guys right now. Uh, we're just seeing uh, the, the frosty hair all over the place, and she's laughing in the booth over here. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I it's just, pretty bad, uh, yeah. Man, that's bad. I'm sorry. I, I don't want. I didn't want to go sour on it, but I just felt like that's just. No, it'd be a terrible decision, and it, it just, speaks to their wow. culture right now and the lack of options. They should have just rolled with David Cully. They're not very smart. Um, I it just it, it's on very on brand for them. Yeah. Um, my loser is Trent Balky, who looks like he's going to be out of a job here in the next I don't know 48 to 72 hours. Peter King said he imagines that that Balky will resign basically resign in shame because legitimate coaching candidates will not come interview with the Jacksonville Jaguars because of his association with the team. Get this, the last five administrations that Trent Baalke has overseen, five consecutive seasons, five consecutive coaching firings. So we got Jim Harbaugh fired in, I believe, 2014, then Jim Tom Sula the following year, then Chip Kelly the following year. Then he didn't get hired by anybody, came back with the Jaguars in 2020, got Doug Marone fired, and then, oh, by the way, Urban Meyer got fired midseason with Trent Baalke. Trent Baalke, you're a big-time loser. You're about to be out of football, my friend. Who keeps hiring this guy? It's like the Grim Reaper, man. Who keeps hiring yeah. this guy to think yeah. that this guy bad, has? Bad organizations. He gives great interviews, I though. <laughs> I'm sure that matters. A dub, let's talk that matters. K-Dub down in Jacksonville. 
Uh, that's probably why Josh McCown got as far as he did. He's probably a great interview. <laughs> got that Absolutely chin, that right. Touche. Touche. Yep. All right. My loser is, I'm sure we've all seen this, Jeff Garcia. Oh, so yes. he just oh, went on an absolute choice. tirade, ripping Mina Kimes for a comment that she made uh, on Jimmy Garoppolo, which I was like, well, shoot, Johnny makes those comments like every other week about Jimmy G. Like, so <laughs> it's not like, it's not like she said anything that hasn't been said about the, the guy. And it wasn't like, it's like super, super offensive or anything, but Jeff decided he was on his high horse and wrote out this long, nasty thing. And everybody has come to her defense, uh, rightfully so, because she's like one of the, best to do it uh she's one of my favorites of all time to listen to she's extremely intelligent when it comes to knowing what she's talking about so i i just i just can appreciate the support that she's uh received and how much attention this has gotten because i feel like a lot of times like like sometimes people can get so wrapped up in like taking offense to like the fact that you just have another opinion and take it personally it's like listen we all have like Half the time, I three fourths of the time, I disagree with the stuff that comes out of Johnny's mouth. <laughs> uh, but you can still disagree with somebody and not like have a personal attack, you know, put out on them. So, the Jeff other, Garcia, you're losing. The other thing about that too is I'm so over the whole oh well you didn't play so you don't understand take especially with things that are so obvious one of the greatest coaches in in, in obviously I'm a basketball guy too but one of the greatest coaches of all time was Chuck Daly Chuck Daly never played a single minute of basketball but he's a brilliant basketball mind and he was the coach of the dream team in 92 because he learned the game and he absorbed all that stuff. You can still learn about the game. We all learn the game through either research or we watch these games and we we ask questions. We talk to people that have played in the game and we get a perspective that gives you a round, you know, an all around idea of what is going on. Mina Kimes is at the top of her profession. She's one of the best minds out there and she gets it. So for Jeff Garcia, who couldn't throw a rock in the ocean at the end of his career to come out and try to bury her. No, that dude, that dude needs to go somewhere else. He needs to go jump in the bay. Yeah. Unfortunately, women in this industry, Cheerson knows this are too easy of a target and people are easy to pounce on them when they give mostly accurate takes on things like this. What, Mina Kimes said is what 90% of Twitter casual fans are saying about Jimmy yeah. Garoppolo, but it's because he sees a woman in power in a position of prominence at ESPN and they feel threatened by that. And it's against his team and his alma mater in the NFL, that being the San Francisco 49ers. And, and let's, let me just give the worst possible take imaginable. So yeah, that, that was more than unfortunate to see. And yeah, he, he is the biggest loser of the week. Yeah, I agree. Well said, everybody. Well, we've got a big announcement coming up in just a minute. Oh. It's a big one. For me, at least, it's a big one. Uh, but first, let's just take a second uh, for a message from the Arizona Department of Health. Children five and older are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool that we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with the virus. The vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized. It can also reduce the risk of even dying from the disease. The vaccine is safe. It is free and highly effective. 
COVID-19 vaccines are also available throughout the entire state of Arizona. And you can visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you to help make sure that we are all healthy and are out of the hospital. Again, the vaccine is safe. It is free and highly effective. You can visit azhealth.gov slash find vaccine for a location near you. Why am I nervous? Why am I nervous, guys? I have no uh, idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, how do I say this? I will no longer be hosting the show. So that's uh, that's going to be fun uh, for, <laughs> for, for me, right? <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, I've had an absolute blast hosting the show. And I, even though I'm not hosting it anymore, I will still be on it. Uh, I've got a, something else that I'm very excited to share with you guys. I will be hosting a new podcast that we're going to launch in the coming months called PHNX The Story. And one of my biggest passions in life is to tell stories. And so I am thrilled to get the opportunity to work more in that department, telling past and present stories surrounding Arizona sports. So I'm thrilled for it. Uh, it's unfortunate that uh, time is a finite thing and cannot continue to host the show uh, and also do that. So I will be popping in and out of the show. Still going to be a part of the PHNX Cardinals family, but uh, just going to be in a different way now. You know, one of the cool things about PHNX um, and what we've tried to do here is, you know, when I when I first got to ch a chance to talk to you, Cheerston, about possibly coming here to do this, um, you know, you, you shared with me, you know, what things that make you tick, uh, what things that put you off. Um, I think I probably hit a few of the ones that turn you off. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, you know, storytelling has always been something you've always been passionate about. And you you expressed that when we when we first spoke about all this um, on the very first call. And, um, you know, you did the, the Pottsville podcast and then you did uh, the J.J. Watt story. And, uh, you know, you can you can tell the passion and everything that you have behind that. And I'm, I'm very excited for you to be able to do this. And Espo and I had had multiple conversations about, you know, about this. And we just thought that Cheerson was the, the very perfect person to be able to, to lead this effort. And it will be the first one that we have across all city. Uh, we're about to expand. It's going to be really cool. We'll announce that later. Uh, but um, Cheerson's going to really lead this effort and kind of set the tone for the whole company, not just PHNX. Um, and it'll be the very first of its kind. Uh, you know, being able to tell the stories um, that she has done, you know, like I said, with the Pottsville and JG Watt stuff in a different way. Um, there's no other podcast in Arizona that covers stories in a kind of a 30 for 30 ESPN style documentary um, uh, point of view. And I'm just I'm so damn happy yeah. for you. I really am. Thank you. Also, let me make sure that I uh, do give Espo a shout out because he's going to be working with me on this project as a co-producer. So excited to get to work with with him on that and uh, appreciate your your comment, Espo, in the chat as well. Jerson, I'm super excited for you. I'm, I'm very proud of what we've built here uh, in such a short time. I know we we've, we've talked about this recently when we launched this show, the, the network launched and then the Cardinal season got underway like 10 days later. And we were thrust into action. I'm so proud of the results that we have and the results that continue to, to, to benefit from because of your efforts, our efforts together as a team, uh, along with Frank, uh, the community that we've built in such a short time, the following that we have uh, that are passionate about this team and, and this city. So know that, of course, there's always going to be an open seat 
for you to come in and give your thoughts about how I'm wrong about Xavier Collins or any other topic <laughs> of discussion that, that you want to discuss. Uh, always an open invite, unlike Espo. <laughs> I am in love with me some Tristan Susell. So I just want to thank thank you for Aww. growing me up in this in this game, being kind to me and pointing out my flaws publicly. <laughs> what? Public execution a lot of times <laughs> when I mispronounce words oh, or yeah. names. <laughs> when you're not prepared with your winners and your losers. Uh, yes. And if you had gave that notification prior to uh, winners and losers, then I would definitely say I am a loser. I tried to stall. To give him a little bit more time to think we about know. it. We know. It was obvious. Loser. We know. <laughs> it was so obvious. So. Love you. Appreciate you. And I'm just glad that you, we're still a team. You know, you're still part of the team. And I'm pretty sure all those that have commented that missed this moment will let you know in the future that how much they love you and appreciate you for what you've done and how much you brought sports into the PHNX uh, family. Well, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I've loved doing the show. And I will definitely uh, be no stranger to uh, – and inviting myself on to chat with you guys because <laughs> it's been an absolute blast to get to do that and, and call it work because it definitely doesn't feel like it. Um, you know, as you can tell, we are continuing to expand what we're doing at PHNX. Uh, if you want even more content, more access to the things that we're doing, become a member at gophnx.com. Uh, that's, that includes all the articles that we have up on all of our sports teams, our members only discord, uh, special deals on our gear at phnxlocker.com for members only. Uh, so we've got a ton going on. And if you become, you know, a member, you can uh, get a free t-shirt from PHNX Locker as well. You can get your first month for 50 cents just for signing up as well. So uh, we would, we definitely love every time we get uh, new members over at gophnx.com because it means we've got new members of our family. Yep. Uh, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, wherever you get your podcast, we'd appreciate if you would do that. Uh, Subscribe to our YouTube channel as well, and you can follow us on social media at phnx underscore cardinals. We also we'll see you have, guys. Oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, wait, wait. Before you stop, uh, real quick, we have one big time announcement, um, oh. and that's my tease for next week. Um, so you're going to want to stay tuned to our social media channels starting Tuesday. Um, I can't, I can't, I can't let the cat out of the bag, but it's huge. It's, it's, it's huge, and it's the very first thing of its kind. Here in the Valley, there's your tease. Also, we'll be live from the from the Senior Bowl next week. Uh, myself and uh, the scrub, uh, Shane Diefenbach, will be out there <laughs> at Mobile trying to grab some footage and talk to some future uh, potential Cardinals draft picks. Um, and Johnny will be holding it down uh, from back here in Arizona. It's going to be fun, so please join us uh, all next week. Well, now I'm just going to sit here and marinate on what this big announcement could be because it's so big that we don't even know unless I'm just the odd man out here. Interesting. No, no, Stay tuned, no, everybody. No, I don't know. <laughs> I keep that tight to the vest. <laughs> All right. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week.